Welcome back to Carter and Lowry, episode number 163, and we are back on this day, Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. Not quite Leap Day, but uh, Sam Carter and I, we are here to bring you, uh, it's just basketball this week. Um, you know, we're not quite to baseball yet. Football's finished, so it's it's just basketball. Um, and Sam, you know, my co-host, how are you? on this day and how are you on the mountain um you know i'm ailing right now i got a cough ailing. i showed you my lip uh yes and basketball I, injuries and i sprained my ankle uh not like filipowski we'll get to that right. later though we'll get to that later that that's a it's a nice little uh foreshadowing uh for you but today's question um is is simple sam carter which collegiate institution is the most iconic when it comes to collegiate athletics this institution you think collegiate athletics this is the place where athletics is that i mean that's that's it like you think when you think of college sports you're thinking of this place um you know i mean i feel like as far as, you know, being well-rounded, the first school that comes to mind, and I hate to say it, but it's Michigan. Uh, you know, historically good football, historically pretty good basketball. Um, but, you know, I just I, – I think it's Michigan. I think that's a solid answer. Um, I would go with UCLA personally. Just thinking about John Wooden, um, and, you know, they have a strong football rivalry with USC. And, I mean, they're just like the Bruins. Like, that is like – that is it. I mean, in more modern times, you maybe would say Alabama or Georgia. Yeah. Um, but I think overall, I've got to give it um, to the Bruins in UCLA. as That's my pick uh, for the most iconoclast collegiate athletics program. Well, Sam, let us begin now. With the NBA, um, we just missed it again. Another fight happened on uh, Wednesday night as the Pelicans and Heat get into a scuffle after Zion Williamson, you know, was hard, you know, was given a little hard foul. Jimmy Butler was ejected and suspended, and he said after the game, "We're the better team. They don't want any kind of a fight with us." Sam, your opinions on Jimmy's quote? Is this is this adding to his, you know, his greatness? Is it was this a smart quote? For such a uh, you know well you know, talented player like he is, uh, no, this is dumb. I mean, there's nothing smart about this at all. It's like when given the opportunity, why would you create beef? I mean, this isn't '90s hoops anymore. Um, I don't think anything's going to come of this. I think Jimmy buckets is where, and that's all there is wow. to it. The I NBA is, is not a place for gangsters, uh, and Jimmy wow. Butler is not a gangster. John Moran is the closest thing we have to a gangster, and uh, well, he's had his suspensions. So, I think that uh, I think Jimmy Butler was just—he's just waging a little psychological warfare. I have no problem with what he's saying. Um, oh, I don't I think either. I think it's just dumb. But okay. proceed. My bad. My bad. My bad. I just think that he's he's trying to fire his team up. You know, they made it to the NBA Finals last year. 
there's still the doubters. You know, this team, they got lucky. They haven't really, you know, earned um, the right to be called, you know, a great team, even though they've had so much playoff success with Jimmy Butler, even though they haven't won, you know, to make it to the NBA Finals twice. It's still an impressive accomplishment. When you really only have one all-star on the team, obviously Bam's played better, but Jimmy was not an all-star this year. So I think that uh, he's just trying to fire the team up, and I don't mind it. Uh, but I understand the point Sam is trying to make. Um, but Sam, you have anything to say in response to that? I mean, is there another way to do it than – what did you say you said? I mean, other than the we're the better team. Like, that's what you say. You say we're the better team, not – they don't want – they don't – like, come on, man. That's ridiculous. I think – I like it. I think – They don't was, want it, man. They don't want it. They don't want it. Um, but in other news, last night, Max Struess, former Maverick, now playing – for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, he, uh, you know, P.J. Washington scores a bucket to put the Mavs up one with three seconds left. And then Max Struess, three-quarter court, and pretty well guarded by Luka Doncic, swishes one in to give the Cavs the victory. Uh, you know, he had an incredible game down the stretch. Sam, obviously we talked about last week, the Cavaliers are not a legitimate squad. Um, is there anything you feel like they can do down the stretch to prove to you, like, can they beat, if they beat the Celtics a couple of times, is there anything they can do in the regular season to prove to you that they're a legitimate, you know, title contender, or are they just going to have to prove in the playoffs to earn your respect? Um, I mean, to earn my respect, I think it does have to come in the playoffs. Maybe to someone who's, you know, maybe studies the NBA a little more. Um, it can come before that, but, I I think at this point in my lack of knowledge about the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, it's it's gonna have to they're gonna have to prove it to me in the playoffs because I don't think I don't foresee me watching any Cavs games uh, unless it's a playoff game. I mean that's a that's a fair point. Um, I think it's just it's a case of Donovan Mitchell being you know, such a widely publicized superstar, but the fact that he is, you know, never, you know, really even made to the conference finals. Um, so it's interesting, you know, when he's the best player on the team and he's so like known, but the fact that he has not had that much playoff success, I think contributes yeah. to that um, kind of stigma of doubt uh, surrounding the Cavs. Um, but Chris Paul returned to the Golden State Warriors last night as the Warriors, uh, you know, decimated the uh, awful Washington Wizards who have lost 12 games in a row now uh, to get them back. They're in the ninth spot right now, Golden State is, so uh, looking to get into that playoff picture. But a much similar story in the Eastern Conference with the Celtics, Cavs, Bucks, and Knicks taking the top four spots. The Heat, after winning six games in a row, have moved into the five spot. Uh, over the weekend, we're going to get a finals rematch in Denver between the Heat and the Nuggets. The 76ers continue to fall without Joel Embiid in the Pacers of Magic are right there as well. Uh, the Timberwolves and Thunder, they're uh, you know they're at the top of the Western Conference, uh, followed by the Nuggets, Clippers holding strong, uh, you know, and then at the bottom you got the Suns, Pels, Kings, and Mavericks. Well, Sam, it was quite the eventful weekend um, in college basketball. Let's start off at the top with the main story. I was watching this live. I'm watching the end of Duke Wake Forest. It's a big game. I just. I got back from the Dartmouth Ski Way 
I turned this game on to watch the last five minutes. And I watched Wake Forest win. And, you know, Wake Forest hits a free throw. They call a timeout with four seconds left. Or, like, three seconds left. They're up by four. And so I'm thinking, all right, they're calling this timeout like um, Kansas State did. They're, like, they're telling the fans, like, do not rest the court. That's what the point of this timeout. But then, I mean, the Saints come marching in. And before the clock hits zero, it's like Boston Garden, and they just envelop um, the court mm-hmm. in Lord, as Lord Stroll. Um, we can talk about the overhead cam, Sam, but, you know, Kyle Filipowski walks away limping. Yeah. And, you know, John Shire says, how many times does this have to happen uh, for court stormings to be banned? Uh, Sam, let's just go with your initial reaction to the situation. Don't get too much into, you think, you know, whether or not court stormings should be banned. Just this situation in particular, how was it handled? Uh, what were your thoughts? Um, initial reaction, this was handled terribly by the Wake Forest staff. Um, I mean, I have, I mean, at the app game, even Appalachian state, they're, they're telling us, wait till the players get off the court, wait, wait till the cheerleaders get off the court, then you can let all hell break loose. Um, so my initial reaction without looking into this deeper wake forest, get it together. Uh, that was, that was bad. I mean, very exciting, I'm sure, but terrible way to handle it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, I agree with you. I think it should have been, you know, a wait. But nonetheless, yeah. we got to talk about the overhead camera. And, you know, to me, it looks like Kyle Filipowski, he stuck his leg out a little bit to try to trip this student in frustration. And mm-hmm. in the process, sprained his own ankle. Now, after the fact that the student comes along and pushes him, which I don't know what you want to say about that, um, but you know, I've looked at it frame by frame. I think his injury was his own fault. Now, should they have been on the court at that time? No. But his injury, I think, was 100% um, you know, his, his own doing. Sam, your thoughts there? Um, well, I don't even think he really got injured. I think that was a media ploy. Um, let me see exact, because I talked to my dad about this. I got to see exactly what ESPN said. I mean, it looks as though, it looks as though he's kind of extending his leg, you know, to try to, you know, it's, it's a, it's an unusually long stride and a student's coming in and he kind of gets like. He spins it to try to get out of the way, and then, like, he trips him, and he, like, tries to take him to the ground. Student, like, falls, like, and puts their hands out to try to, like, break the fall. The student, I guess, is fine, but yeah, nonetheless, I mean, he's, he says there's no sprained ankle here. He just has soreness. So I think this injury was is, – is very, um, you know – Well, this it, is it was this is the ESPN – this is the ESPN headline. Filipowski avoids major injury in court storming. That like that's such a dumb way to put it. Like just say he didn't get injured. Avoids major injury. I mean they have to I mean they have to get the clicks. I mean they have to Right. No, for sure. But but yeah, I think that this was very overblown by Duke and ESPN. But at the same time, like I still think that some fault needs to be assigned to to the Deeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Um, 
So now we, we turn to the, the question on everyone's mind, Sam. In your eyes, should there be a fine for court storming? Should it be banned? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't think that there should be a fine because it's kind of out of, you know, the team's control. The fans are going to do what the fans are going to do. Um, and I definitely don't think it should be banned. I, I don't even know how you would ban it. Um, but it does need to be controlled better. Get get the players at least off the court and onto the sideline and then back into the locker rooms before they can get injured. Um, but I think if you take away court storming, then you you destroy what makes college basketball different from professional basketball. Mm, okay. Yeah, man, I have to agree with you there. I think, um, you know, we need some serious we need some serious security around yeah. the away team. Um, it's just it's very interesting. You know, it's it's kind of just it's an old tradition, and you know, if this it happens, uh, you know, in the in you know a few decades ago, I don't think anything would have been said about Kyle Filipowski. I think it would have just gone by the wayside. But I think now in our culture that we have cameras everywhere i think we can you know kind of point at things and analyze them a little closer so it, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out i don't think court stormings are going to go anywhere uh, anytime soon however um and then kelvin sampson and houston are the new top team in the nation after uh you know uconn fell uh you know and it's it's going to be interesting to see uh you know how um you know this team which you know they've had they've struggled in the ncaa tournament um, you know, how do they respond if they end up being the number one overall seed? And how do they respond to being, you know, the odds on favorites? So interesting to see how that goes. Uh, Kentucky gets a huge win against Alabama. They put up 117 points. Kind of shows the potential offensively of this team. If, as you know, Sam and I have talked about kind of the, the worries defensively for this squad. You know, if they run against, you know, a hot shooting three-point team, that could spell the demise of the NCAA tournament. Nonetheless, their their firepower is, is tremendous. And then, um, you know, it looks to, at this point, Houston, Purdue, and UConn have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. They all have three losses. The best any other team that is kind of in that conversation can do is six losses. So it looks like those are going to be three of the one season. And will it be Arizona, uh, Tennessee, or North Carolina uh, taking that final spot? Right now, it looks to be the Wildcats. Next week, you got Auburn at Tennessee, Florida at South Carolina, Marquette at Creighton, Tennessee at Alabama, Purdue at Illinois and Alabama at Florida as the ranked matchups. Ever important top four. With Duke's loss, they fall a game and a half behind North Carolina. They play Louisville tonight. Um, and then Virginia is uh, one and a half games behind Duke. And then Clemson is a game behind uh, Virginia. They've snuck back into the top four. Sam, Clemson right now projected. As a five seed, uh, we saw some kind of strange last-minute losses from the Tigers. Uh, your thoughts on their NCAA tournament prospects, you know, kind of heading into the month of March um, as we come down the stretch of the final few games of the season? Um, this Clemson team is really good. I think that it will come down to, like, game preparation. I mm-hmm. think that's been the, the fault for Clemson. Um, and, and those last – three minutes, and then free throw shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think at least – I think it was 
I don't know. But at some point in the season, Clemson had like five straight games where they lost by a combined total of like seven points, something like that. Right. So I think that this Clemson team has major potential, but I don't know. Clemson basketball knows how to fall or fall fall just short. So Yeah, I think it'll be I think the NC I mean, excuse me, the ACC term will be very indicative of um the way that you know they're gonna play in the NCAA tournament. If they if they come out, you know, and they keep that four spot and let's say in the semis they beat a North Carolina, you know, I think that would show a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Is this a second weekend team? Meaning, will they make it to the Sweet Sixteen? I don't think so right now. I think they can win a game, but I think just from what I've seen, the you know they can beat good teams. They have talent. You know, PJ Hall is tremendous. Joseph Gerard, tremendous. But you have to you have to be able to finish games. You have to have that group that you say, you know what? If I need somebody to go to the free throw line, uh, we can get it done every single time. And I don't know that they have. Uh, whether it's something and just a little bit of doubt or wh- whatever it is, there's something that's just slightly off with this Clemson team. So I would not, if I'm you know looking ahead, I'm not picking them uh, to make it to the Sweet no. 16 in my bracket. Me neither. Um, you know, one team to keep your eye on, the Mountaineers. You can see right there. I got my flag behind me. You can't see it, but um, opportunity – uh, tonight and then on Friday to win the Sun Belt regular season title uh, and go in as a one seed into Pensacola. Um, the Mountaineers are not are not to be forgotten about. Um, no. Honestly, like even if I didn't go here, I think I would pick App State to, to upset in the first round. Um, this team has heart. So yeah, I mean, you get that win against Auburn. I mean, yeah. that's 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 speaking volumes to me to their resume. I don't think, I mean, right now they're projected as a twelve seed. I think it's going to be close. I think they're still going to need to win the Sun Belt tournament. Yeah, but um, I think yeah, I agree with you. I think they they'd be a tremendously scary team. I would not want to see them. Um, and then just looking from my. From my perspective, um, you know, at this Duke Carolina race here for the regular season, I think you got some scary teams at the eight nine. Everybody knows, you know, you got that weird eight nine where you get the single buy and then, um, you know, you play against, uh, you know, the one seed, um, on Thursday. And right now, those teams are Florida State and Syracuse, two teams which have really given the Tar Heels trouble. Yeah. So I think that you know, it's 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 dicey. There's a lot of just teams that can just suddenly play you know tremendous games in the ACC, and that's the way it kind of always is. Um, so I think that this ACC tournament is is not as top heavy as it may seem right now. Um, you know, we got you know, two teams two teams in the top ten and no other teams ranked, but I think that um, you know the damage can be done um, from a lot of angles. Well, Sam, any final thoughts on this basketball-packed episode number one hundred sixty-three of Carter? Uh, not basketball, uh, but I don't. I mean, I feel like I've been hearing a lot about how bad the uh, baseball uniforms are. Yes, like right. 
I'm not making yeah. that up. Right. No, you're not. Um, what's up with that? Well, they, they signed a new contract, and so there they used to be, you know, as Sam and I are, I would say we're, we're Jersey fanatics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if you buy, you know, a jersey, normally it's you, you have like the authentic and you have like the, you know, the swingman version just for NBA. So it, normally in baseball, they stitch in logos and numbers. But now it's Nike has them just laser printed. So it's like the NBA uniforms where there's you can't if you like rub like if you rub your hand across it, like normally they'll be it's not stitched in the MLB before it was like pressed in. Yeah, you could you could rub your hand across it and you would feel like the the number the difference. But now it's just like printed, so it looks very like cheap. I would say, yeah. and that's what people are complaining about. But we'll we'll get to that. I'm sure that will be discussed in yeah. March. Uh, moving ahead, but we are one month away uh, from opening day. Uh, Uncle Rich Carter, be ready uh, because yeah. you know we're we're coming in, you know, heavy hitting. Uh, but that's going to do it uh, for this episode of Carter Lowry. Look forward. We got two and a half weeks until Selection Sunday, um, and then just you know we're one and a half weeks away from the. Uh, the next big college basketball weekend, the finale of the regular season. Uh, but that's going to do it for episode number 163. Near from us next Wednesday.